In America, there are currently over 106,132 gym, health club, and fitness owners in the fitness space, which is an increase of 1.5% from 2021, according to Ibis World, which, since 1971, has been providing industry-leading information on a number of industries. Chase Jenkins falls into the category of wanting to make fitness simple for everyone to understand, execute, and embrace as a positive aspect of their life. He's a gym owner who built his business in one of Ohio's smallest and poorest communities when no one said it could be done and he's committed to a framework which takes the depth and breadth of information on nutrition, exercise, psychology, stress, recovery, and deliver the information in a non-overwhelming manner to everyday people. The framework is known as Fitness Made Simple University. Jenkins joined me this week to talk about the framework, fitness, nutrition, exercise, and so much more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. We began our discussion by Jenkins outlining how his fitness journey began and how he turned his passion into his full-time career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I uh, I grew up in, like I said, a very small, uh, historically poor community in Ohio. And I got super, I get bit by the iron bug, as they say, when I was in high school. So I got super into lifting weights and exercise. Um, and as I learned more and more about it, I realized I could help people with it, uh, but there was no avenue for that. Uh, and not only was there no way for me to, uh, you know, express this desire to help people, but there also wasn't anywhere for me to actually help myself. So there was nowhere for me to work out or exercise or anything in my community. And I made the decision when I was uh, graduating college that I was going to start my own health club. Uh, and which sounded great and, and fantastic. And it sounded like a wonderful story. But when you go to a bank and you ask for a large sum of money uh, to do that in a place where there is no market, you know, when you look at uh, getting finance for a business, one of the things they look at is the market you know, for that, that business in the area that you're in. And there wasn't one. Uh, so it was very, very difficult to kind of get that started. Um, but we did, we, we, we kind of conquered that mountain, uh, and there was a lot of struggle along the way. Uh, but we got there and right now we're, we're on the mission and to change the culture in our hometown. Cause, uh, I was a sociologist, so I was, uh, by trade and in, in school, that's what I studied was sociology and culture. 
Uh, so I realized uh, in my study that if you wanted to change uh, on a large scale the health of the community, we had to start with the culture. And that was something that had to be very intentional. That wasn't going to happen by accident. So um, all of the things that we do are out of that. Um, everything that uh, you, you, if you know somebody's local or, or they're watching from the outside looking in, that we do, it's, it's aimed at um, just not just educating our community and, and giving them a place to, to execute on the things that they learn to work out the exercise, but um, also to start to help them see the value of living uh, a fitter, a healthier life of choosing healthier alternatives. And uh, it's a struggle, it's a fight, but it's a very worthwhile one. I tell you, the sense of empowerment you, you, you think you give your uh, community by giving them that space and ability to sort of own their own fitness journey, how um, uh, satisfying is that for you personally? Oh, of course. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's my, it was my dream as a kid to be able to work out in a place with, with people like me, you know, if you're somebody, if you're just some small town kid and you get hooked into some bodybuilders on the internet or whatever, and, and you just love fitness, you love health and you, there's nowhere for you to surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, if you're into bowling, you go to a bowling alley, right? If you're into basketball, you go to a basketball court and, you know, you meet people who are like you and that's where communities are developed and that adds so much uh, richness to our life. But for us, we didn't have that. So not only is it, uh, you know, personally gratifying to be able to give that to my community, but to be a part of that community, I think that's the, the part that I enjoy the most is, being able to be around uh, people who like and enjoy what I like when before we didn't have that opportunity. So um, it's just, it's incredible. And I, it's something that I forget sometimes that how great it is that um, before uh, going out and finding these people would have been very difficult, but now they just show up on my doorstep more or less every day. Well, it's always important to build a sense of community, isn't it? Absolutely. It's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And just tell me, well, what does it mean to you to live a healthier lifestyle? So, and we talked about that, right? So that's that's what uh, we want to do in our communities, help people live a, a healthier lifestyle. But that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, and so what we do is we take a more holistic approach. So historically, the health and fitness industry is, uh, you know, when people think of that, they think about big biceps and uh, having six-pack abs and all that. But we look at, a, at our whole health. So um, it, you know, that is, that's kind of a thing while it's important, uh, uh, sometimes it can be a little shallow. So, um, we try and look at, um, total wellness and we look at, you know, the person themselves and, uh, how can, you know, we partner with uh, a lot of holistic health practitioners and stuff and take some of the knowledge that they get, you know, they're in a clinical setting. So they only get 30 minutes every six months with people. Um, but we get a, an hour with them every single day. So we try and bring some of that knowledge down to them and uh, help people just realize that, uh, you know, they're a unique individual, that they're not what they see on the internet. They're, um, they have different challenges. They have different desires and needs. And, um, you know, there's so many different aspects that can influence uh, how we go about becoming a healthy person. Um, so to answer your question, it, it's, it's kind of hard without, you know, for me, uh, I can tell you for me, but um, for everybody else, it's it, it depends on kind of where they're at. But um, to kind of wrap up and, and answer your question, what it means to live a healthy lifestyle, um, I think putting value on your health is, is the first, pl first place we start. Um, that's uh, And 
seeing deciding what that really looks like for you um, but there are some basic things you know eating whole foods uh, just moving your body and choosing how you want to move your body every single day um, and whether that's you know at a gym or you're swimming or you're walking or you're playing a sport whatever it is but being active in, in some capacity is super important uh, and you know kind of from there we're going to take it from whatever that unique individual uh, needs and whatever their unique goals are and I think that's something we forget a lot of times in the fitness industry is everybody has uh, different struggles and uh, needs a, a different plan. Yeah, and one of the ways you're trying to make it more approachable and more more simple is you created a fitness made simple university where you take yeah. all, all of the information you try uh, to pass on to people and make it a little bit more simpler. So tell me about uh, fitness made simpler and making fitness simpler in general. So that was our response. So Fitness Made Simple University is our podcast um, and going to be our online brand going forward. We have a, you know coaching and courses and stuff coming up in the future. Um, but it's our response to seeing everyday people constantly misled by the fitness industry. So you get somebody that comes in uh, that, you know, they're a mom of three, um, they're, you know, uh, going back to the school, they're a single parent, whatever it is, you know, we, we have a, a, somebody that are shift workers. Like I said, there's so many unique individuals and unique things out there, but the fitness industry speaks to a very small segment of people, uh, you know, people who maybe work a nine to five, who have the extra resources to pay for a trainer or whatever. And there's so many people who get miss, miss out uh, on their health and fitness because the people who have the information aren't disseminating it um, in a way that they can understand or that's applicable to them, um, or they pretend that it is and they don't let them know, hey, this is a different context. You know, so what's true for me over here may not be true for you. Um, and that can get really, really messy. So we decided that we wanted to create some sort of framework uh, to help people um, take this filter and run all this information through that filter, what that looks like for, for them. So they build their own framework with our framework. On the other side of that, they can decide whether something matters to them or not and whether they should care about it and pay attention to it or not. Um, but the problem is, is that uh, frameworks can get very, very rigid. And like I said, every individual is unique. So it had to be adaptable as well. And that was the challenge in that. Um, but what makes it a success is, is taking all this, this good knowledge that we can get with the context to help people decide whether it's actionable to them or not and helping them put it into action in a way that isn't disruptive to their everyday life. And that means developing habits. So that is the kind of the foundation of the fitness main simple framework is habit development and what habits to develop. And because there's nothing more tragic than putting all your effort in and going in the wrong direction. Um, so our, our, Habit development system is, is also uh, kind of key to our fitness made simple framework. So we have all the knowledge and we have the filter, but then when we put it into action, we put it into action uh, with, with habits in our habit development workbook. So uh, that's fitness made simple university kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. And talking about habits, I wonder if there's how you think habits and uh, consistency are interconnected in fitness. Well, it's, it's one of the most important things, um, but it's very difficult sometimes uh, in the modern context when we're getting messages constantly that um, things happen fast or um, you, know, you, you just need one big push or you need a ton of motivation. That's the dominant message, whether it's conscious or unconscious for a lot of us. Um, so I think the first fight for most people 
is that it's not motivation. It's not a big push. It's not one big thing that you do. Um, you know, that kind of mountaintop moment is just a result of daily consistency of daily habits. Um, and how, and I think a lot of us, you know, we hear that and we know that, right? So we'll hear, um, hey, you have to be consistent. You have to develop habits. And we say, yeah, well, duh. Uh, but that's very kind of ambiguous. That that doesn't make sense of our brain. So when we put that into something more tangible, um, that's what we try to do is, is how, what does habit development actually look like? Um, so we actually have a framework and a worksheet that we, we use with people. So when we have our coaching clients come in, we fill out this worksheet and help them develop daily actions. And that's where the consistency part comes in. Uh, the habits are these big things that kind of push us forward. Um, but the consistency with the teeny tiny little things, we, you know, we call them daily practices or daily actions. Um, it's just something super, super small that helps us develop a habit, like filling up your water bottle. So if you want to make the habit of drinking more water, you have to start by filling up your water bottle or buying a water bottle or having one available to you. Um, so one of the things you may do with somebody who wants to drink more water is say like, hey, what do you, what's something you do every single morning to start your day? They say, well, I read. It's like, well, before you go over to the bookshelf or your side table and you get your book, the first, all we have to do is we have to fill up our water bottle before we do that because that habit's already developed. So we tie it, we call that habit stacking. We tie that to our other habit. Um, and then eventually what they do is now every day they have some, uh, they have a water next to them, right? So they always have something right there on hand. Uh, and then now they're able to start drinking that water. And that may be the next thing is to drink 10 ounces before 10 a.m. or whatever, something teeny, teeny, tiny. Um, and the magic to those is consistency. It's that you do them every single day. And then before long, those do become a habit. Uh, and they really start to push us forward. And it doesn't take monumental effort. It's not this huge thing. We got to get all riled up and excited to do. It's just something that uh, is very, very quick, very easy. And before we know it, we're getting closer to our goals. And just tell me, I'm also uh, wondering, how do you think we can make a fitness more inclusive? Because, you know, I'll share just a little bit about myself. I was born with of cerebral palsy and one of the things that i live my life by, by is a motto that uh, i say that starts with always being active because especially for me if i don't use my muscles and make fitness a priority i lose them faster than the average person so tell me how do you think we can make a fitness more inclusive and fun for folks with disabilities disabilities and other people as well yeah, um, I can tell you a little bit more just about you know, the general population um, and just that we need to, as coaches, you know, as the professionals, I think that burden kind of falls on us, um, you know, that we don't place expectations on other people. So a lot of times somebody will come in um, and they'll have a specific problem that us as a coach, we don't have, uh, but we go ahead and run them through what we do anyway. So I think there's a, uh, as the, if there's any professionals in our field listening to understand that every person, like I said, is a unique individual, um, you know, but uh, coming, you know, more from your perspective, uh, I think, you know, we really, really, that's just something that, that we all need to be more aware of the fact that, um, you know, what we call fitness and traditional fitness doesn't work for everybody, right? There's, there's ways that, that we need to adapt that. Um, and I, I personally haven't been challenged with that uh, yet professionally. Uh, you haven't uh, had the opportunity to work with somebody that um, challenges me in that way. Um, but I do know that being honest to, you know, as the person on the other side of it, 
uh, being honest to your feelings and your desires and not comparing your walk to somebody else's. Um, you know, that is so, so damaging to us and it saps our motivation. It makes us not want to continue to do things that are sometimes really, really good for us. Um, and we hear that message a lot, right? So we always hear, don't compare yourself to others. Um, but I think it, it seeps in more than we realize. Um, and, it, and it can be a really, really tough battle. So I think doing something proactive um, just so that we can have the mindset and the positivity initially to even start with something like that um, is to is to kind of proactively remember that, um, you know, we're, we're all unique. We're all different. We all have our challenges. Some of them are more apparent than others, but everybody has something. Um, and, you know, not to compare, you know, apples to oranges. I think when we do that, we get ourselves in trouble a lot of times. Um, so that's probably the best advice I can give um, coming from your end. But um, I think you may be the expert uh, on that one. And, you know, I'd love to hear uh, if there's any any ways that you know of to, to make it more inclusive. But, um, you know, personally, for me as a professional, um, I think, you know, starting with just not comparing ourselves to others and, and realizing that something like you know, health and fitness is a blessing to be able to do um, if you're able to. Yeah, the one thing I would tell you, uh, Chase, is not uh, uh, to always uh, meet people where they are, like what yeah. you, you, you said before, because each individual disability is different, right? And, and movements and reactions to certain exercises are different uh, for uh, uh, all people with disabilities because not one disability is the same. So always meet people where they are for sure. And, and, you know, one of the things I wanted or was curious to ask you about is coming out of of COVID and making fitness a priority after uh, not uh, being as physically active as we were before the pandemic hit and also practicing good nutritional habits coming out of uh, sort of vegging on a couch for two years because of, of the pandemic. So how do, how do you think we can reclaim our focus on fitness after the pandemic? Yeah, and that, that's one of the hardest things. We hear that all the time in fitness, right? So we hear people say, uh, man, I was doing so good and I fell off the wagon. And, and it seems like uh, getting started the second time is even more difficult than getting started the first time for a lot of people because, again, they're comparing their their current self to their old self and they can't quite figure out, you know, what was it that, that I was doing that was helping me um, stay so consistent or whatever. And, and we have these kind of peaks and valleys, um, which, again, is the importance of developing you know, habits, right? Things that carry us that we're going to do no matter what. Um, but of course, then when the whole world shuts down, that kind of changes things, right? So sometimes, you know, the habit we've developed to go into the gym, that gets thrown out the window when the gym's not there anymore. So um, in terms of kind of reclaiming that and restarting that, um, again, it, it's got to start with a positive mindset. Uh, and that is not a fun thing sometimes, you know, it's, it's easier, more comfortable to be negative about our situation, but um, you know, it's, it always ends up better long-term when we start from a positive mindset. But um, the, what gets people the most when they want to restart a fitness journey, or they want to restart better nutritional habits is they try to jump in where they were when they stopped. So in March of 2020, we may have been at level nine, we may have been way up here. And then over the course of the last year and a half, two years, whatever, we dropped down here somewhere. Now, before, maybe that's where we were. We were kind of right here, but it was a very gradual climb getting back up. 
and every step was a new step. But now because we know the steps on that ladder, the rungs on that ladder, we want to jump straight back to the top. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, as we kind of have that drift and that, that fade away a little bit, that, you know, just because we know the steps doesn't mean that we can skip those steps. So just to take it uh, very, very small steps at a time, I talked about just a moment ago, um, daily actions, um, finding a way uh, or something that you can do every single day that will support your goals in the future, not get you to your goals, but will support the habits that will get you to your goals. Um, and we talk about our environment a lot. So um, with nutrition, our nutritional environment can be one of the most powerful things that really gives us that push to get started in the right way. Um, so that really honestly boils down to not bringing home unhealthy foods into our kitchen and bringing healthier foods home to our kitchen. So whenever we, whether we order online or whatever we do, uh, make sure we're, we're surrounded uh, by good options. So there's a, a man by the name of John Bernardi, who is a, a fantastic nutritional scientist, and he has uh, his kind of laws of nutrition. So kind of like laws of physics, right? And Bernardi's first law is that uh, the, the food, or if there's food is around you, eventually you will eat it. So you get to choose what that food is. And you, a lot of times we don't choose whether or not we eat it. We, if there's a pack of Oreos in the fridge or, or on, on the counter or whatever, we're probably going to eat those at some point. Um, but if there's always fruit there, uh, you know, eventually we'll get tired of seeing it rot and throwing it away and we'll start to eat that instead. Uh, and I can tell you, even personally as a fitness professional that knows the value uh, of, of eating healthy and how important it is to me, uh, if I have less healthy options, a ton of them around me, I choose those more often. So our environment is very powerful. And I think that's one of the best places to start, um, including uh, you know, kind of in tandem with understanding that we're not going to jump straight back to where we were um, two years ago. Uh, it's not a popular message, not what we want to hear a lot of times, but starting where we're at uh, and focusing on uh, small steps back to where we want to be. Yeah, and just one uh, uh, other question about COVID in terms of running a fitness business, because I know there were some unique challenges for health club owners uh, as it relates to the, the pandemic. So as we sort of to begin to turn the page on that. How do you think running uh, fitness uh, facilities will change uh, post-pandemic? I'm curious. Uh, I will say it was kind of odd how quickly we jumped back into normal operations when we reopened because we were one of the, the last um, types of businesses to reopen. Um, but one of the I think is a beneficial thing. One of the biggest shifts we've seen just in the attitudes of the people who come to a health club. This isn't you know, the entire population, but of the people who attend health clubs, um, there there was a shift towards uh, more holistic health, right? So a lot of people come in, they want to do the beach body, they want to do the ninety day get fit, they want to you know get abs for summer, they want to do all this stuff, and a lot of times to the detriment of their health, uh, long term and short term sometimes. And it just really doesn't benefit them a lot. And they have this powerful tool in fitness in front of them that they're just not using, you know, the correct way. Uh, and I think COVID kind of shifted that a little bit because whether it was a scare or just time to think about it or whatever, I think a lot of people begin to focus on more holistic methods. I've definitely seen that message out there, um, at least in the communities that I'm a part of a lot more. Um, you know, general population, I don't know how much of that uh, that shift happened, but amongst the health and fitness community, uh, I think there was a much larger shift in that direction. And I'm hoping that that sticks. And I hope that our health and fitness professionals out there can, 
um, kind of seize that opportunity and help people see the values of health and fitness a little bit more. But I think on the whole, uh, uh, you know, we did end up with a net negative in terms of our total health uh, as a population, because, um, you know, I think the average weight gained was 27 pounds, uh, amongst people who didn't want to gain weight. And the average weight lost was 11 pounds amongst people who didn't want to lose weight, which is, you know, doesn't sound terrible to most people, but when we realize for a lot of people, that was probably their muscle and their ability to control their glucose and their inflammation. And that spells a lot of health problems, you know, for people who struggle to maintain muscle mass and, um, to not be able to do that, um, getting it back is really, really tough. You know, when you lose muscle, it's a big thing. So, you know, I think that was a, that was a huge hit to a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, we, we just talked about obviously how to get back on the wagon, but, um, I think we've got to recognize that, uh, as, as professionals and in, in the fitness community that, um, you know, we, we got our work cut out for us, uh, once again, but, um, reopening, man, I think it's just back to, you know, kind of refocusing. A lot of us took hits financially. Um, but remember, you know, to not operate out of that kind of victim mentality of, you know, a lot of our money just kind of disappeared and a lot of our progress disappeared, but to remember that we're still on a mission here to help people be healthy. And we're, it's still really, really important that remember um, why we started doing what we started doing in the first place. Yeah. And in terms of running a fitness and health club, I'm wondering for any of the water school maybe engaging in this conversation and be inspired to open their own fitness or health club. What is the, you know, pieces of, of advice would be uh, for uh, success for anyone starting out in this field? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things in, in the health and fitness industry, one of the reasons why gyms have such a high failure rate is we are fitness people and we're really good at showing how, how people how to eat different, how to lose weight, how to do a squat correctly, but we're not super great at building a sales funnel or reading a profit and loss statement. And those things are just as essential to business as you know, learning how to exercise is to fitness. Um, so anybody who wants to go into the health and fitness uh, space professionally, make it their full-time job, um, I highly, highly recommend spending a bare minimum six months a year uh, learning business, learning foundations of business, accounting, marketing, sales, um, and taking the time to build those things and do it professionally, do it the right way, because um, people can kind of sniff out when things are kind of half done a little bit. And we're guilty of that in our industry an awful lot. Um, and part of this just that, you know, we're new and we're getting started, but um, take the time to learn business. You know, we think that money is evil a lot of times and money is not evil. The love of money may be, but, um, you know, learning how to make it is going to enable you to reach more people. Um, so learning business is really, really important. Um, that's a whole huge conversation, right? Just like, you know, we can talk about a thousand different things in fitness. There's a thousand different aspects of business, but um, don't neglect that, that uh, part because a lot of people will come in and, and think that their family and their friends are going to support their business. And, and unfortunately that just isn't true. You're going to have to find a way to get out and reach people. Um, but ultimately, um, keep giving back. Uh, that has one, been one of the reasons why I think our health club has been so successful is, is our focus on providing tremendous value. Um, whether the dollars are there or not, you know, people know that we're on mission to help change our community. Um, so make sure that's, you know, seated deep down in your heart while you're doing what you're doing. Uh, and that'll come through to other people. And, and I think that'll help you grow as well. Paying it for, forward makes a big difference, doesn't it? You got it. You got it. And just, I'm wondering your thoughts on, on how you celebrate life and when, when you want, want to sort of 
find your inner center and slow life down. What does that look like for you, buddy? Oh, man, there's a, uh, I tell you, it starts with being grateful for, you know, for the opportunities that we have and, and the things we're able to do every day. Um, and it really helps, obviously, um, you know, being a part of a community helps us get perspective on, on things that, you know, maybe we have that others don't have. And, um, you know, the things that we take for granted, uh, I think that's really, really important. So, um, communities is, is a big piece for us, um, cause we get kind of cynical if we sit by ourselves all day. Um, so, uh, starting with gratitude and, and being part of a community, but, um, you know, I, you know, personally, the, one of the ways that I try uh, to celebrate those is, is to do the very best, uh, steward those opportunities as best as possible. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of one of the ways that I, I celebrate is, you know, we have a business, I want to make it the best business that I can, or, um, you know, I have a client in front of me that I, you know, I have the opportunity to train and, and, you know, help my uh, passions are, are going to support me financially. I want that client to be, uh, you know, the very best, you know, have the best coaching they could possibly have. So um, living with a degree of excellence with what I've been given um, and stewarding that well is, is, is very important to me. But uh, apart from that, you know, when we're not talking about business and professional uh, life, it's just, uh, you know, taking the time to be intentional and slow down and spend time with my family and my wife. Um, you know, those are, that's the, that's the best thing in the world for me is being with her. And, um, you know, I try to, you know, when the busy schedule slows down to, uh, try and be intentional and, uh, uh, really enjoy those moments. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Chase, tell, tell me, what does the word legacy mean to you? And how do you want yours to be defined, buddy? I'll tell you, and I, uh, I, for a long time, I didn't think about legacy, uh, very, very much. Um, you know, because I, you know, personally, I uh, don't care too awful much how, how, uh, uh, I've been remembered. But, uh, when you think about, you know, whether it's the eulogy they're going to give at your funeral or whatever, you know, you think, you know, what, what would somebody want to say uh, about me? And, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to care so much that, uh, they felt that I, I had a big house or drove a Porsche or whatever. I think uh, I would want people to say that, uh, you know, I was a man that loved his wife and his God and his family and left people with uh, more joy than before, before they met me. Yeah, absolutely. And my final question for you today, buddy, has to do with your final message to anyone listening to this about the importance of valuing their fitness. How, how what, what would be your, uh, parting message when it comes to valuing your fitness and making it a priority well it's it's it brings up a lot of uncomfortable conversations when we convert um confront our health and our fitness right because a lot of times our health and our fitness uh sometimes is a reflection of our habits and and who we are as people um so when we start to dig into that it feels very very uncomfortable um so coming like we've talked about a lot coming at that from the right perspective is important. Uh, but I think almost all of us want to grow in that aspect. I, I don't think I've met anybody yet um, that they really, really sat down and looked in the mirror, you know, with nobody watching and considered, do I want to be healthier? Do I want to be fitter? Um, I think the answer is almost always yes. Like I said, I haven't met anybody yet that says, yeah, I don't really want that. I think what people don't want is the trade-offs and the sacrifices um, because of the way it's been taught to them, uh, which is wholly unnecessary um, a lot of times. So I want people to consider that maybe the message that you've heard about what health and what fitness looks like is not what it's actually going to look like for you. 
Uh, so you stand to gain so, so, so much. And if we can help you figure out what health and fitness looks like for you, you can gain that in a way that is not so sacrificial. You don't have to be waking up at 5 a.m. every morning. You don't have to be hitting the gym six days a week. You don't have to be eating kale salads every single day. There's a way to be healthier and to be fitter um, that doesn't sacrifice your quality of life. And actually, uh, I'm sure everybody's well aware and it's almost cliche to say at this point, but uh, you know, your health and fitness bleeds into every single thing that you do. Uh, and it is the best investment that you'll ever make in your entire life. The trick is, is finding out what it looks like for you and finding a good professional, not just any professional, you know, not just anybody who says I'm a trainer or whatever, because unfortunately there's some bad actors out there and there's some people who uh, just aren't good at leading other people. They're great at leading themselves and they have a six pack and they look great and they're great at taking care of them, but they're not great at taking care of other people. So finding a good professional to help you understand what that looks like uh, is very, very important. And, and I hope that if anybody's listening, they can reach out to us and we can be that person for them. Fitness made simple, right? You got it. Fitness made simple university. <laughs> and tell me, James, if people want to get connected with anybody, what's the most and uh, effective way they can do that, bud? So they can either go uh, anywhere on social media on Fitness Made Simple University, um, and they can also go to our website, fitnessmadesimpleu.com. Uh, but our podcast is where kind of all the action happens right now. So if they're wherever they're listening to you right now, they can also go uh, and search Fitness Made Simple University, and they'll see our nice uh, white and blue logo there, and uh, they can get connected to us, and hopefully we can help them live a fitter and healthier life. Fantastic. Well, Jason, I have to tell you this was a great way to uh, kick off my week of conversations, uh, trying to make a fitness more simple. Your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated, buddy, and I want to thank you for being here this morning. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I enjoyed it.